Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we've got a great revenge story involving 200,000 British pounds of damage. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, try to lecture me, get arrested. I'm not sure if this counts as petty or even revenge since I've never met anyone so determined to dig themselves into a hole. It all started when I was picking up my daughter from school. I parked on the street with the driver's side of the car on the street side and the passenger side near the sidewalk. Important? The kid I was picking up has her car seat behind the driver's seat, so I had to stand on the street to buckle her in. Then I opened the driver's door, got in, and reached for the door to close it. I had almost closed it. It was only a little ajar when a Honda Civic plowed into it so hard that the door sliced into the Civic's bumper. The other driver backed up until I could fully open my door again, and I saw the Civic was maybe 8 inches from my car. Who drives so close to parked cars? Usually I would just exchange info and that would be it, but the guy gets out and has a huge attitude. He starts lecturing me, saying I need to look around before opening my door and that he had no time to react. If I had taken more time to get in, he would have hit me. He definitely could have avoided me. The street is not narrow and there's not even a sidewalk on the other side. Plenty of room. We start to exchange information and I think I smell alcohol on his breath. My husband soon arrives with our other daughter because I called and let him know what happened. The guy tries to give my husband the whole, women drivers, am I right, spiel and my husband verbally tears him a new behind. My husband confirms that he also smelled alcohol, so he called the cops. The other guy is super for it. He wants the cops called and wants to talk to them. Cool. My girls are running around the schoolyard as each of us gives our statements. Mine is pretty cut and dry, so soon husband and I are just standing around while the cop talks to the driver of the Civic. Not long after, we overhear him fill the breathalyzer, so he gets arrested, and I'm driving a rental until we can see if my car can be fixed. Well, certainly a great way to prove to your insurance that you're not the one liable for this mistake. Needless to say, though, it might be a slight learning lesson as far as trusting all other cars are going to give you a wide berth. I mean, I get sometimes you just can't help it where you have to park your car and load your kids up. But if I could just about always avoid having to do that roadside and risking the chance of the kids no longer having a parent, I think I would try to make that happen. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, I warned potential new tenants from my old flat from three years previous how bad the landlord lady is when they ring the door entry system, which is still connected to my mobile phone. How to sum up this one? I rented a property about four years ago for one year. The landlady was a nightmare. She never fixed anything, left her car on the drive, etc. One thing she didn't sort out was the door entry system. Basically, the group of five properties share a common entry gate. The five homeowners never paid the installers, so unsurprisingly the installers are a little bit unhappy. I move in, find the manufacturers, it's written on the gate, find the installers, Tell them that I'm nothing to do with the owners, just a tenant who wants to let deliveries and family in. They inform me that their installation bill hasn't been paid and they won't change the contact number to my phone. 
This system rings your mobile phone. It's not a fixed hardware line to a handset in the house. I plead my case. I'm just a tenant, etc, etc. After a few weeks of ringing them every day and being super polite, they find pity. As I'm not involved in the outstanding bill, relent and change the system. Three years after I move out, I'm still connected to the entry system for the old place I rented. When someone rings, if it's anybody, I let them in apart from deliveries to the landlady. I know her name, and if it's a potential new tenant, they only stay for one year as she's a nightmare, I now tell them what a bad landlady she is, buyer beware, and then let them in. I'm not gonna lie, if I rented a place and I'm moving in, and somebody pops in over the entry system and just says, beware, this landlady is horrendous, I would have to get past my own conspiracy theory that this is somebody the landlady must have killed, who is now haunting the entry system and saying, beware. And secondly, I don't know if I would get over, regardless of the landlady, the discomfort I would have knowing somebody else has access to the entry system. That alone would be enough of a beware red flag. Our next story is, decide to skip out on your team for weeks? Whoops, guess your flower didn't make it. I have a new coworker that I simply can't get along with. He has had one personal issue after another, and has had a new excuse every day for shoveling his work onto others. Normally I would help a team member lighten their workload without hesitating for a second. I was supportive and helpful from day one, but I soon realized that he was delegating more and more of his work. Not just to me, but to other people as well. The kicker is, this man's salary is thousands more than mine. When I found out, I refused to take on any more of his tasks and delegated everything right back to him. We had an event recently that is usually a 50-50 effort between his department and mine. He freaked off for two weeks, leaving me to arrange everything. The best part is that the software and intellectual property we use is all on his private laptop that he takes home. Our crappy toxic manager can't see why that's a problem. He's been working here since January and has taken more than 30 days paid leave. The rest of us peasants have 15 days a year. After weeks and weeks of 12-hour shifts, Monday to Saturday, I was over it. While he was gone for whatever the freak reason, someone left him a potted plant on his desk as a gift. Very cute with yellow lilies. He's a very list-oriented person and has a big file with the year's events planned out in advance. Each week on an A4 page with tons of handwritten notes, highlighted dates, colorful sticky notes and flags, I was working until 10.15pm on Saturday and needed some things from his office. He sent me a message right then trying to delegate another task to me because he didn't know what his plans were for the next week. This is after two straight weeks of being absent already. I snapped the stalk of every single lily right near the bottom, then bent them straight again and floofed the leaves to make sure you can't see it. I also poured some hand sanitizer on it for good measure. I chose two random pages in his planner that seemed to have the most notes, including minutes from an important meeting with a client. I very carefully tore them out, making sure to remove any bits of paper left behind. It's impossible to tell that any pages were removed. I put them in my handbag and threw them out when I got home. I also took his reed diffuser and poured a generous amount of oil onto his office chair. I'm pretty sure he's going to have quite the headache after sitting on it for a while. Childish? Yes. Regrets? Not one. I was gonna say, it's pretty clear what OP did here is extremely childish and petty, 
But how many of us have had an experience with somebody in our lives that maybe drives us crazy enough that we would do something like this to them? This next story is Teenage Babysitter's Revenge. I was young, maybe 15 years old or so, and would pick up the odd babysitting gig for extra money. I took a night for a household that was on my paper route. They asked me to be there on a Saturday for 8.30, and I arrived a few minutes early. The parents were still getting ready, and they asked me to watch the kids while they prepared to head out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. They left the house at about 9.15. Before they headed out, the wife gave me some very specific instructions. I could have a snack two oreos on the counter nothing else she said she poured a glass of milk for me and left it in the fridge it was right next to the plastic milk jug with a piece of tape on it showing the level she told me she'd check it when she got back and if i took any extra milk i would have to answer for it the kids were okay went to bed without any fuss and the parents returned home at 12:20. mommy paid me for three hours about 10 minutes after they arrived i said excuse me but this isn't right I got here before 8.30 and it's now almost 12.30. That's four hours, not three. They said, we didn't leave until 9.15 and we got home at 12.15. I'm only paying you for three hours. I said, but I was watching the kids from 8.30. They said, that doesn't matter. We were home and you weren't in charge. We were. I took the money and rode my bike home. A couple of weeks later, they did pretty much the same thing. Two things are important. First, the wife was a neat freak. I'm guessing now she had OCD. Everything was lined up perfectly. One of the kids spilled this drink, and I was looking for some paper towels. The cleaning supplies under the sink were perfectly lined up. Same with the pantry. Every jar and can was in a row with the label facing directly to the front. Second, this was in the mid-1970s and all canned food had paper labels. So, the third time they called me in to babysit, They were late leaving again and I knew that I was going to get shortchanged for the time I was there. I was steaming. So I went into the pantry and tore the labels off each and every can. All of them. She had a shelf for Campbell's soups, another for canned veggies, another for canned fruits. And I scrambled the unlabeled cans. When they got home, sure enough, wifey tried to short me. I said, you know what, keep your money, I don't want it, and I'm never babysitting for you again. And as of today, I'm stopping delivering your newspapers as well, so if you want to read the paper, you're going to have to go buy it at a corner store. I stormed out. I wish I could have seen the expression on her face when she opened the pantry door and saw shelf after shelf of bare metal cans. 
What I love about OP's revenge here is not just the fact that everything is not labeled anymore, but it's the fact that not only are they going to freak out seeing bare metal cans, they're probably going to assume that it's still organized the way they had it, and when they try to go for that Campbell soup, all of a sudden they're going to find some canned corn. A nice two-layer revenge here. Our next story is, trash my condo after years of kindness? Pay the price. I have dreamt of this day when I can post this, so here it is. I leased my rental condo to a single mother with three kids in 2016. It was a three-bed, two-bath. I had a grace period of three days for rent in there, but they were always late. I wouldn't charge them late fees, thinking she's a single mother and would follow up consistently to get my rent. Most of the time, I would receive it two to three weeks late and sometimes two months late. In my mind, as long as they're paying and I can help by giving them some time, all was good. Suddenly, I find that in 2020, her husband lives there too. He travels for work but lives there and the money that she'd been sending me through Zelle has always been coming out of his account since day one. I let it go and still be civil, and he starts communicating with me at every delay. Sometimes he would go silent for four to five weeks and I wouldn't be able to reach any of them. I would threaten eviction and they would come back and pay me. In hindsight, I should have evicted them, but COVID happened and I didn't want to throw them out. Finally, at the end of 2022, they informed me that by March 2023, they would be out. They just bought a house, and they were very appreciative of me being kind and helping them along the way. They were supposed to leave by March 6th, 2023, and I told them that if they clean the house and leave it in good condition, they don't have to worry about rent for March. March 6th comes, and they tell me they're still moving and cleaning. I let it go as I had no potential renter yet, and I was just glad that they were cleaning it up. I still didn't have the key to the condo. I would communicate with them during the month of March, saying potential renters want to see the place, and they would tell me to send them over. Potential renters would go there and knock, but no one would open the door, and I would try to reach out and they would not respond to me. This happened twice, and they would call me later that the potential renters never showed up and lied to me. I was getting antsy. And on March 20th, I called and texted both the husband and wife for a few days straight, asking them to give me the keys. Nothing, no response. On March 24th, my friend and I decided to head over there to see what's going on. We live an hour away. I call both of them and no response. I decide to look them up on the county land records. I knew the county they were building a house in and was able to find their new address. My friend and I decide to go to their house and get the key. We reach there and knock on the door. The son opens and yells for his mom. His mom comes down and pretends to cry, saying, we lost the key. In my mind, then why the heck couldn't they tell me and why the heck would you ignore my countless texts and phone calls? At this point, I'm still being civil and I said that's fine. I'll get the locksmith and charge them the fees. We go to the condo next and to our surprise, the condo was open. They never bothered to lock it. As soon as my friend and I entered, these three words came out of our mouths. Oh. My. Gosh. There was this horrible smell. All the walls had patches over them from a bad paint job. The fridge had rotting food in there. Carpets stunk like they've never been cleaned. In one room on the carpet, there was a big paint stain, and the door was also busted. It was the worst feeling because I was so nice to them, and they left my condo unlocked for days destroyed my place and didn't even have the decency to clean my place or pick up my phone. 
I was furious that my kindness over the years was repaid by this. Finally, not knowing the extent of the damage, I reached out to them saying I'll keep the $1,000 deposit and I'm asking them to pay $1,800 more for the cleanup job. They decline on text. I tell them I'll sue them. They ended up getting aggressive and told me they know the law too and I'm not getting a single penny out of them. Then I work with a lawyer in the first week, still not knowing the full extent of the damage but just some. I send a demand letter for $3,000. Nothing. Then I worked with a contractor, and just for the painting it cost me around $7,000, as there were around a thousand patches that they had to sand off. I am not even exaggerating. I got multiple quotes. The cleaning crew went in the morning at 4am and ended at 3pm. Everything that you can think of was dirty, was dirty. The oven, the fridge had not been cleaned for years, there was heavy clogging in both bathrooms drains, the toilet was worse than a public toilet. They charged me $600 to clean the house. It ended up costing me $7,600. I continue with the lawyer and end up filing a claim for $11,000, though people told me I'm wasting money and they'll never pay. For me, I couldn't let them get away with it. I ended up charging them for late fees for not paying the month of March that I'd agreed to waive off if they cleaned the house. I had in my contract $50 per day for any delay. By the time I'd filed, it was easily a few thousand dollars. I asked a few Redditors for my throwaway account and they told me about late fee regulations. But my lawyer told me that they did sign a contract and in this state, we can sue them for $50 per day until the day we file. Then the saga begins. It was my responsibility to serve them and let them know the mediation. Then it was my responsibility to serve them for the court date. They actively avoided being served twice and it cost me $400 just to serve them twice. They still didn't show up for the mediation or the court date and judgment was filed in my favor as they didn't show up. Finally, an arrest warrant was out for both of them. I was asked to serve them again. I begged the clerk saying I cannot spend more money to serve them. She got a document signed by the judge for an alternative method of serving that included text and email. I texted and emailed them their arrest warrants and the next court date. They finally showed up. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of Real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And the judge made them give me all their information. They were in court, but I could appear on Zoom. I was able to ask them all their information, including social security number, driver's license number, bank account statements, salary, and work address. I have to say I felt a bit sorry as it seems they were struggling and didn't have enough money to pay the rent based on their statements. The husband earns $150,000 and the wife earns $60,000, but their bank accounts didn't have any money. Finally, I told them I could start garnishing 25% of their monthly wages or they could pay me immediately. They promised to pay me in chunks of $1,500 every month. I still don't have all of it yet, but them sitting there and giving me all this information was the best revenge I could get. 
if they would have just agreed to pay me $1,800 in the beginning or $3,000 that I demanded, they wouldn't have been on the hook for $11,000. To be fair to OP though, if they were the kind of people that would be willing to pay that $1,800 or even the $3,000, probably would have been the kind of people to prevent the whole situation from happening. I feel like it's almost a direct correlation that because they're the kind of people that allowed it to get that far, it also explains why the condo is so horrendously taken care of. This next story is, ex-boss kept assuming I was still employed, so I promised to show up for my shift. About five years ago, I used to work as a traffic control person at roadworks and construction sites. I did this as I changed from a retail to my current career, was some stressful times. As a side note, normally shifts in this industry are all short notice. They'll call you at 7pm, asking you to work a shift starting at 5am the next morning. Say no too many times, and you'll soon find yourself without any shifts. Something you should know about me before I continue, I'll admit I'm a massive troll, but only to those who are jerks to me in the first place. It's like being a jerk towards me pops my troll horns out. Let's just say my friends fear me come April Fool's Day once every year. I left that job due to life circumstances and the fact that I was moving to a new city over two days drive away. My ex-boss seemed to forgot this fact. As I stated above, if you say no enough times to shifts, they will just not give you any more. They technically won't fire you and since you're a casual worker with no guarantee of shifts, they can just leave you in a constant state of limbo until you quit yourself. In my country, they can get away with this, at least five years ago. About a year after I left the company and moved to my new city, my stupid ex-boss must have forgot I left. Even if you said no to enough shifts, if they were desperate to fill a shift, they would call you. I got called up and asked to fill a shift the next morning. I kindly reminded my ex-boss I left about a year ago and was in a new city. He apologized and wished me well. So far, nothing too bad in my book. Until another two years had passed. Three years since I left. In this time, my ex-boss repeated this mistake another three times. Was getting a little old for my tastes. I even blocked his number, but he got a new phone and still had my number in his contact list. So when he called me this time, I decided to be petty about it. It was about 6.15pm at night and I was enjoying a movie on the couch with my girlfriend. I said hello, this is OP. Ex-boss says, hi OP. I need you to come in for a shift at random place in Old Town tomorrow starting at 7am. Think you can handle that? My troll horns come out as this was the fourth time he'd called me. After each time I told my stupid ex-boss I'd move to a new city. I said sure, I can handle that for you. I'll be there bright and early. Ex-boss says good man, I'd be in a tight spot if I couldn't get this shift filled. I went to bed late that night and made sure to put my phone on silent. I woke up around 10am to about 20 text messages and 12 missed calls with an angry ex-boss demanding to know where I was and mad as heck he had to personally get out of bed early and cover the shift himself since I no-showed for it. I'm happy to report I've not got another call from him since about working another shift for a job I left years ago. I think he finally got the hint. I'm just trying to figure out what kind of job this is where people can go months and months or even years without picking up a shift and they can just reach out, call you, say hey come in at 7am and you can just do whatever that job is no problem. Is this just like some kind of manual labor job that anybody can pick up a shovel and do or something? Our next story is, guy I work with never answers his email or phone 
So I got my petty revenge. I do office work and have recently conducted several audits to get our files prepared for the new year. I realized a lot of employees were missing many items in their files. This was not anyone's fault because the company never had proper admin employees, so I was hired specifically to clean up files and ensure state and federal compliance. This employee, we'll call him Paul, works remotely and never answers his email or phone. There was an audit I was working on and realized about 60 employees needed to sign a form, so 59 of them signed it within the week, and Paul never answered me. I called and emailed him for about three months until he finally sent it back. It's unfortunate that I have to keep an audit open for this long because of him. He has done this multiple times though, and also missed two mandatory online classes that I conducted, so I had to jump through hoops for him to take the class. He's always the last one to complete anything that I ask of him, and it's quite unfair that I have to spend many hours calling and emailing him all for a task that takes a lousy five seconds for him to complete. Anyway, we're ordering new shirts for the whole company because they met the sales goals. It's just a gift, and we understand that we cannot make everyone happy. Maybe some don't like the color or fabric, etc. So the owner made it very clear that we'll send one to every address, and there will be no returns or exchanges for any reason, because it's custom made and quite expensive and also because it's a gift, and not like a company uniform or anything. I spent many hours getting everyone's sizes and entering it into a spreadsheet, but guess who never responded? Paul. Although I've never met Paul in person, I've seen a photo and would guess he's about 6 foot 3 and around 300 pounds. So, guess who ordered him a size extra small? Honestly, considering Paul's entire demeanor, he probably is the type of guy not to even care about this shirt to begin with. But it would be pretty hilarious if he was actually like kind of geeked out about the idea of getting this free shirt, being like, oh yeah, this is nice, and then realizing it's an extra small. If Paul has a kid, maybe they can give it to them. This next story is, 10 years later, revenge on mother-in-law for Xmas dinner. About 10 years ago, I was invited to Xmas dinner at mother-in-law's house. Mother-in-law is an entitled man-hater and treats my wife like her own personal servant sit down for dinner and there's absolutely nothing I can eat. Not just won't eat because I don't like it, but all foods that gave me serious GI distress. Her attitude was that a guest should just eat what they're given. I pointed out to wife that when she comes to my parents' house for dinner, my parents go out of their way to make sure they can make something she'll eat. My wife just doesn't like any red meat. Not can't eat it, but just doesn't. My parents always make sure there's another option for her. My wife still says, well, her mother has a point. Yeah, the point is, she's a rude, man-hating witch. Well, last night she came over. Wife was at work until after dinner, so I purposely made something my mother-in-law hated. My daughter's favorite meal is sirloin steak, so I got to look like the doting father. Then I asked mother-in-law if she wanted some. She hates sirloin steak, so she didn't eat it. I politely said, oh, you should have told me that you didn't eat steak. Revenge in this case was a dish served warm. This is almost like the classic sitcom trope mother-in-law. Man-hating, husband-despising mother-in-law? OP might as well start assembling that audition reel for TLC right now. Our next story is, oh, it's okay to compare people to their face? When I was little, my mom compared me to my cousins constantly. According to her, my cousins were better behaved, better looking, more cleanly, and had better grades. Needless to say, I was always very resentful of these comparisons. Well, now we're all grown up, 
my mom is sharing a place with one of those cousins. My cousin unfortunately turned out to be an almost functioning alcoholic, so she's often belligerent, has ostracized all of her friends, has trouble holding down a job, leaves the house filthy, and is a nightmare of a roommate. Meanwhile, I've got my crap together. My mom complains about her all the time, of course. One day I got tired of hearing it and said to her, Remember when you used to say how much better than me cousin was? Funny, I don't hear you telling me that anymore. My mom starts to justify her behavior. Oh, I only wanted you to be the best you could be. I was just telling you how. All mothers want their children to be better. I said, really? You mean it's okay to compare people to one another? She said, yes, that's okay. I said, oh, well then, I wish you were more like my husband's mom. I didn't even get a chance to begin listing specifics. That sentence alone elicited just the most fantastic reaction. A split second of shocked Pikachu face that turned quickly into the most sour frown. She visibly bristled and could only sputter in response. So I consoled her. Don't worry, I just want you to be the best mom you can be. All kids want their moms to be better. She was quiet for a long time and didn't bring my cousin back up for months. Certainly does sting when it's directed your way, doesn't it? Maybe OP zapped that ounce of reality check that she finally needed. This next story is, try to rip me off? I'll be happy to invalidate your insurance. We rented a flat above a shop. The carpets were old, stained, and had several cigarette burns on them, but we had noted the damage when we moved in. The electrics were awful. If the fridge or water heater fired up when using the oven or kettle, it would trip the fuse board. We informed him via multiple emails about this and he simply told us to not have too many items on at the same time. We found that the overflow on the bath wasn't connected. When I overfilled it one day and got in, the water went into the overflow hole but simply came out from under the bath. It also went through the ceiling into the shop below, actually dripping down her light fittings. Obviously she came up to find out what was happening, so we took the side panel off the side of the bath and saw the problem. We soaked it up and told the landlord about the issue. He said it wasn't a problem and that we should be more careful about filling the bath up too much. Eventually we moved out and he refused to give us our deposit back, citing damage to the carpets and that he had to replace them. He actually sent us the invoice. We contacted the company who confirmed that not only had they recarpeted our flat, but the other three in the block and the hallway. We did start a claim against him in court, but in the meantime, fate took over. Five months later, we saw in the local paper that our old flat had had a fire. We saw that the fire investigation officer was looking into an electrical fault. We contact the fire investigation officer and told him about our experience of the electrics. We forwarded all the emails. Shortly after, we received a call from an insurance company. They had received the claim and had also received the fire investigation officer report, but wanted to be sure. They also wanted all copies of the emails and our experience. About a week later, we received an email that thanked us for our help and that as a result, they had refused the claim. A total of 200,000 British pounds of damage was refused. To put the cherry on top, when we went to court, the court returned our deposit in full. It's definitely common sense, but you have to make sure that you go and you document everything that's wrong with a place before you start renting there videos, photos, I would take all of the videos and photos and I would email them to the landlord so that you have this time-stamped, documented email and then you never lose that thing. 
especially as well as any other complaints or issues that pop up. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.